Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Our show originates in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. We connect you to the songwriters and the stories behind your favorite songs. Join us as we take a look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Now, here's your host, Dave Linehan. Thank you, Katie. Hi, and welcome to you. I want to, again, thank you for joining the Songwriter Connection Podcast. I really appreciate you joining me each week and uh, for spreading the word about our humble little show. Appreciate you getting out there for us. I really do. You know, I mentioned in the past that this podcast grew out of a TV show we used to do with some buddies in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, back then, it was called the Nashville Songwriter Connection, and we were very fortunate at the time through the Nashville Songwriters Association International chapter up there in uh, Cincinnati. And we've talked about NSAI in the past, but uh, they would help us bring uh, hit writers up to be on the show, and then they'd stick around and play a little showcase afterwards, which was always a blast at this little place that we call the Historic Claremont Inn on Cincinnati's east side. And that grew into this big east side festival, Taste of Batavia, each and every year. And a lot of those same performers and songwriters would come back up from Nashville and join us. And the gentleman that's with us today never missed one. And in fact, he was probably, I think he was the first um, uh, songwriter that we had on Nashville Songwriter Connection. So it's great to have him back here on the podcast. And we're very, very thrilled to have him. He's a big hit writer in Nashville. And he's had uh, hits with uh, artists like Garth Brooks, I think I, I think I heard of him. Uh, Brad Paisley, Daryl Worley, uh, Corbin Easton, uh, Easton Corbin, I guess it is, and Kelly, Kelly Pickler, um, uh, Montgomery Gentry, Tracy Bird. Hey, how much time do you have? Because this list goes goes on and on and on. He's a great guy, great songwriter, a friend, and it's really awesome uh, to make a connection with Win Varble today. Hey, Win, how are you? Doing great, Dave. How about yourself? It's good to see you, man. It really is. Yeah, I uh, I got to tell you, I played around at. Um, Commodore Grill uh, a couple weeks back and we were on stage talking about the podcast and you know and the little bit of radio that I used to do in Cincinnati and after the show this guy comes up to me taps me on the shoulder and he goes hey man I gotta ask you a question I said what he goes do you have an internet uh, an interview somewhere on the web you interviewing Win Varble and I went yeah that's that was, that was a while back uh, from a TV show we did in Cincinnati but yeah yeah I can't believe you saw that so Man, it's still out there, Win. Wow. I, I don't even remember what I said. I hope it wasn't stupid. Well, you were just coming off your huge hit, Have You Forgotten? And, oh, and, okay. And you talked about that and how I think today that's still one of the fastest rising songs to number one in country music history, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, they uh, they told us. It, it, well, it went number one in five weeks from the time it was released. And they said it was the fastest song to number one since Convoy. Wow. <laughs> if you remember Convoy. C.W. McCall, right? Yeah. Good, buddy. You know what I mean. Come on. Yeah. That's, that's right. Um, and the, the bears in the air and everything. But, you know, it, it was so the interesting thing about that. You guys wrote that just weeks before. It, it, what, like two months before it went to number one? That is so rare today. Of course, it was a different time, and that song was very timely to what was going on in America at the time. But what a thrill, and you co-wrote it with the artist uh, who's a good friend, right? Daryl Worley, if I remember yep. correctly. Yeah. Yeah, me and Daryl were roommates up there in Nashville for a couple years, and we, we'd been buddies for a long time, probably wrote 100 songs together. And, wow. And uh, he'd come back from a tour in Afghanistan, and uh, we had talked about this uh patriotic idea we wanted to write and uh and we got together to write it and 
it wasn't really going anywhere. I don't remember the title of it, but uh, we got talking about the people protesting the war in Afghanistan and stuff, and we just got pissed off and wrote, "Have you forgotten?" You know, so yeah. And you could tell in the lyrics and the way, the way that song came out. And it was just what we were waiting to hear for at the time. So uh, that was great. And that was the first number one for you? Yeah, it was the huh? first number one. And uh, and he got nominated for CMA Song of the Year and all that stuff. And That's it, cool. It was all, it was all good. It, it, it was a seven-week number one. And wow. we didn't even realize, you know, how important that song was going to be i don't think you know at the time and then of course daryl took off on the road with sean hannity and george mm. bush and all them people you know <laughs> he was busier in a one-armed paper hanger there for about a year yes he was and you kept pretty busy too i know you did not only with songwriting but appearances too and and getting out there you know one of the things i'll never forget uh when is you came up and uh played a showcase for us in cincinnati at that claremont inn we talked about and this was years before this song became a hit but i remember you saying hey i'm gonna play a new song we think brad paisley's gonna cut this and you played waiting on a woman and I was standing next to my uh, good friend Tim at the time, and we were standing there. And when you got to the end of that song, that last verse of that song, we about dropped our beers. Our mouths were hanging down, and we're like, that is songwriting, man. And oh. and that was another one, went right up to the top. And in fact, you know, we, I want to get a song in here right away. And I thought, can we maybe lead off with that one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. But it's your show, Dave. You do whatever you want. <laughs> it's your show, my friend. But tell you know, we always talk about the stories behind the song. So, what's the story behind that one? Well, I got the idea for that song sitting in the truck, <clears throat> waiting on my wife to get ready to go to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and it just amazed me that it could take that long. You know, I mean, it was just like it's it's five minutes till time we got to be there, and we're a couple miles from the church house, you know. And she hates being late to church. She hates walking in after everybody sat down and they already started the stuff. So, you know, I don't know. I wrote that down in my little idea book. And uh, I, I I figured it would be kind of a tempo, uh, you know, lighthearted number. And um, I, I just, I didn't ever write. I couldn't figure out how to write it. And one day I was going to write with my buddy Don Sampson. We was going to finish up a song we'd started. And um, I got a phone call on the way to Nashville uh, from a guy telling me that this old guy we used to work with uh, was in the hospital, pretty much on his deathbed. And uh, he said, if you want to talk to Dan, you need to call him. So I called him and. He was telling me how they gave him all tubed up, you know, pumping stuff in and out of him. And I was like, I said, well, where's your wife? And he said, oh, I told her to go home. You know, she she can't do nothing up here. And, and I just, you know, after I hung up with him, I, I said goodbye to him. And, and I was kind of teary-eyed heading up the road. And, and I got to thinking about how important she was to him and, and how much he loved her and and – I don't know why, not that it had anything to do with his story a lot, but, uh, you know, it's like, it's just like God said, this is what, this is what you've been saving that title for. And that, mm. that story kind of came into my mind and I went in and I told Don about it and he'd had a similar experience with his in-laws, uh, his, his father-in-law passing. And, uh, 
and we just sat down and wrote. He said, "We're going to write that. We, uh, we're going to forget about that other thing we started last week." And yeah, we did. I don't think it ever resurfaced, but uh, and um, you know, Brad heard it and uh, he wanted it. Uh, it was actually one of those songs they they had. Straight George Strait was doing his uh, greatest hits. He was fixing to do that, and uh, they were looking for a couple of songs for that, and he wanted to put it on hold. Mm. And Brad already had it on hold. And uh, Brad, I mean, when Brad heard the song, he said, I'm going to get, the first thing he said was, I'm going to get Andy Griffith to be in the video. Wow. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And uh, and it took, it was a long roundabout way, you know, for it to get to be a single and stuff. But but it was finally and. And uh, and he did get Andy Griffith to be in the video, and I guess Andy's wife said it was about the last thing he ever did. I was going to say I read somewhere that it was about the last thing he ever did, and it really made that video special. And, oh golly, yeah! And to have two superstars like that, you know, both wanting the song. My goodness, <laughs> what a thrill that's got to be! Yeah, I mean to hear Andy Griffith, and they did that video, and <laughs> just Andy Griffith saying words that you wrote, you know, is just pretty oh come nice. on. Yeah, that's that's got to be just amazing, that feeling. Um, you know, I want to play this, the song, and uh, so many times I'll hear the songwriter version of the song first, and then when I hear the artist cut, I'm always a little disappointed. I'm a songwriter guy, you know. But this is one of the few, when I heard it, I thought, my goodness, production's amazing. Knew this was going to be a number one hit. Of course, I knew it the first time I heard it. So let's play it. This is Brad Paisley's version of the wind-written song, and it's Waiting on a Woman. And I know you've heard this before, but hey, man, let's uh, let's listen to it again here at the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Wynn Varble is our guest. Sitting on a bench at West Town Mall, he sat down in his overalls and asked me, Waiting on a woman I nodded yeah and said how about you He said son since 1952 I've been Waiting on a woman When I picked her up for our first date I told her I'd be there at 8 And she came down the stairs at 8.30 Said I'm sorry that I took so long Didn't like a thing that I tried on But let me tell you son She sure looked pretty Yeah she'll take her time But I don't mind Waiting on a woman He said the wedding took a year to plan Talk about an anxious man I was nervous Waiting on a woman And then he nudged my arm Like old men do And said I'll say this about the honeymoon It was worth it Waiting on a woman And I don't guess we've been anywhere Hasn't made us late, I swear Sometimes she does it just cause she can do it Boy, it's just a fact of life It'll be the same with your young wife Might as well go on and get used to 
somewhere statistics show the man's always the first to go and that makes sense cause I know she won't be ready so when it finally comes my time and I get to the other side I'll find myself a bench they've got in I hope she takes her time I don't mind waiting on a woman Honey, take your time Cause I don't mind waiting on a woman an amazing song. Brad Paisley, of course, written by our, our guest today on the Songwriter Connection podcast, who is Wynn Varble. And Wynn, it's, you know what it is? It's like, uh, this is the Songwriter podcast. So we talked a lot about songwriting. That is a, that is an advanced lesson in songwriting right there. I mean, that is, that's such an amazing song and, um, and did so well for you. Again, right up to the top again. One of the things I was want this is uh, still wanting to play on me here. That's the uh, magic here. Here we go. All right. Um, <laughs> that went right up to the top for you. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about the, the process of songwriting. So let me ask you this. It's so tight and well done. Uh, were there were there any co- was there any rewrites to that? Or is that when you got done and say, that's it, that, that's it? Uh, did anybody say, hey, tweak well, this, tweak that? Uh, huh? I've had, I've, I've had two Brad Paisley cuts. Uh-huh. And, and both of them I wrote with Don. And both of them, he wanted, one of the, he wanted the bridge rewritten. Mm. Like a couple, like a one line or something. Yeah. And I don't know if he's just got control issues or what, you know, but no, I'm kidding. He, uh, I, I don't remember. I don't even remember what the other line was, but we changed it. He, he asked us to change it and we did. And, um, I think it's probably just the songwriter in him, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, he, yeah. uh, Brad's a great songwriter. And, yeah, he is. And then and, and we changed, we changed, uh, it was it was one of those lines about the honeymoon or something. I can't remember what we had, and I'd have to listen to the original demo. But um, anyway, we changed it, and he he liked it fine, and he went in and cut it. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, we thought we thought it was done. You yeah, know I mean, <clears throat> so um, yeah. I think if the artist asked me if they change it, I'd yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm for that, and it paid off too. So. You uh, you grew up outside of Atlanta, south of Atlanta, right? Um, yeah. And you were always a country music fan. I read a story about you somewhere where you 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 were always trying to get the latest country songs, and that you sold like some of your brother's rock records to 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 get country records. Is that true? Well, I, I, yeah, I was. I got the crap beat out of it too. I, um, 
He was my big brother. Big brother. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, uh, he had a, as my old man used to call it, Grand Funk in the Railroad album. <laughs> and, uh, and the Railroad. There you go. What my old man called him, and, uh, and 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 he he was my brother was a rock and roll guy, and uh, like everybody else was then, you know. And, yeah. And my a friend of mine that I went to school with had a uh, lived down the road. His dad had Jimmy Dean's Big Bad John record, you know. And I said, Oh yeah, I want that record. And it wasn't his record to trade either, you know. He did, <laughs> so he went and got his old man's record, and I went and got my brother's record, and we swapped, you know. <laughs> And uh, none of the parties were very tickled about it, except for me, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't trade back either. I said, no. Deal's a deal. You know? Deal's a deal. Done deal. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Black eye and all, you know. <laughs> you know what? I can't imagine your brother being bigger than you. You're a big guy. About, what, six, yeah, seven, I six, eight? I was, I was like 12, 11 or 12 years old. Oh. Then, you know? So he's an older brother then. At the time, he was yeah. bigger. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I mean, when I remember when it's like six, seven, six, eight, he'd be sitting on a stool at Claremont Inn, and I'd be standing next to him. I'm a short guy, and we'd be looking eye to eye. You know? <laughs> like, I want to be his friend. <laughs> and, and I remember one day you looking at me, and you, you put your uh, hand to your shoulder, and you lend a hand. I've had it up to here with you. <laughs> Always one of the funniest guys uh, you ever want to run into, and creative, and clever. The stuff you write, my man, amazing. Always be a huge fan of you. Uh, just absolutely amazing. So, I tell you what, those uh, those days down there at the Claremont, that was some pretty fun stuff. We had some uh, fun days. Yeah, yep. we did. Uh, and then that uh, was it. Taste of Claremont is that was yeah. Of the Taste of Claremont. Yep. And uh, that was I, I always look forward to that one. That was in the fall, I remember. Yeah. And it was, man, we always had fun going up there. There's a good bunch of folks up there. Yep, and we always had some great shows and some great writers that came up for that. And you starred in many of them. So, um, yep, miss those days, absolutely. Well, I want to I want to play another song, Win, and this is a song. Uh, we're going to hear your um, version of this. So this is, is this your work tape or demo? I'm talking about the Garth Brooks song that everybody probably heard Garth Brooks do called Mom. Oh, it was, uh, it's a demo. It's a demo. It, okay. And you sang the demo. The story behind this song, this is a great song, an amazing song. Uh, another one I wrote with my friend Don Sampson. Uh, we uh, we were out here at my cabin. I got a little cabin at the other end of my property down there and um, used right in it a lot. You know, it's got some, got some great energy in there and stuff. And uh, we were, I don't even remember how we were talking uh I don't even remember what, well, how this song come up, but we were talking about our mamas and all this stuff, and uh, and we just decided we was gonna write a song about mom, you know, mm. and um, and and we, I mean, this song sat around for seven years, never got pitched. We demoed it; it never got. I don't think it ever got pitched, and uh, okay. it was a four minute long sappy ballad, you know, just about as slow as you could get, mm. and. Uh, one day, uh, I was I was pitching Garth Brooks some songs, you know, on, on my computer. I, I I was sending them on the email, and uh, he said he was going back in, and he had cut a couple of things of mine on this on his comeback record, you know, back in whenever it was. Scarecrow was it? Two thousand. Uh, Man versus machine. Oh, oh, that one. Okay, so later than that. Okay, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, anyway. Uh, 
you know, I was standing in the kitchen, in the dining room, and my wife was washing dishes, and she said, "You need to, you need to send him mom." Mm. And I said, "Look, I said I'm trying to think here. Leave me alone." <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> she said, "I'm telling you, he will love mom." And I, I'm thinking that song ain't even never been pitched. It's 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 so slow and it's so you know. I mean, I love the song, but it's just like I figured there's a reason I ain't pitching it. Mm. And um. So finally, she said it again, and I said, "Look, you do what you do, and let me do what I do," you know. And she said, "And she she wouldn't she wouldn't quit." So she finally said, "If you don't send it to him, I'm gonna send it to him." And I was like, "You don't know how to send it to him, but I'll send it to him if you'll hush." So I sent him the song, you know. And I got in my truck, drove to Nashville, had a writing appointment, and Garth called me like an hour and a half later, just freaking out about this song, you know? And he, he's like, man, I wish I'd had this song 15 years ago and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, me too. Well, we didn't even have it 15 years ago. Yeah. So anyway, you know, which was bittersweet. He said, I'm going to cut the crap out of this song. And, and, um, you know, I was happy, but now I got to call my wife. You know? <laughs> and, uh, See, mom, you were right. Yeah, you were right again, you know. And uh, now, you know, now it's like ever since then, she thinks she's a publisher now. Well, she's batting a thousand. I mean, yeah, I was going to say she'd be your new plugger, right? Yeah, I know it. I know it. But uh, and then I was, uh, I was, you know, I was really tickled. I mean, I was tickled that the song meant so much to somebody Mm -hmm. like Garth and. and he, uh, I was, I went, uh, it was in the fall. I went up, um, in the woods, uh, sitting in the tree stand for a little while one morning. My wife called and she said, Gar's about to do your song on Good Morning America or something. Wow. And I couldn't get out of the woods. If I come down the ridge top, it's really steep. And I come down there on my butt. I just used it for a big sliding board. I was just coming down through there just fast as I could get. And I, and I made it. I got to hear him do it. Wow. And, uh, what a thrill. It was something. And, yeah. um, anyway, it's, you know, I lost my mom when I was 14 years old. And, uh, mm. I think that inspired a lot of this, you know, okay. uh, mm. just having, just having that, you know, void in my teenage years, you know? Gotcha. So, well, it's a powerful yeah. song and we've all heard Garth do it, but I want to hear you do it. So this is the original demo. This is the one that Garth heard then and said, I'm going to cut the heck out of this one. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's play his mom. Win Varble as our guest on Songwriter Connection. Little baby told God I'm kind of scared Don't know if I want to go down there From here it looks like a little blue ball but it's a great big place And I'm so small Why can't I Stay here with you Did I make you mad Don't you want me to God said, old child Of course I do But I've got a life I'll plan for you So hush now, little baby Don't you cry 
There's someone down there waiting Whose only goal in life Is making sure you're always gonna be alright Loving angel, tender, tough and strong It's almost time to go You'll never have a better friend or a warmer touch to tuck you in. She'll kiss your bruises, your bumps and scrapes. Cause when you hurt, her heart will break. So hush now, little baby, don't you cry. There's someone down there waiting Whose only goal in life Is making sure you're always gonna be alright Loving angel, tender, tough and strong It's almost time to go and meet your mom And when she's talking Make sure you listen close She's gonna teach you everything You'll never need to know Like how to mind your manners To love and laugh and dream And she'll put you on the path That'll bring you home to me So hush now, little baby Don't you cry There's someone down there waiting Whose only goal in life Is making sure you're always gonna be alright A loving angel, tender, tough and strong Come on child, it's time To meet your mom Well, Mother's Day wasn't too long ago, and that's just a great song for Mother's Day, and uh, written by uh, Wynn Varble, and of course cut by Garth Brooks, too. Wynn is our guest on Songwriter Connection. Another great song, Wynn. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got another Mother's Day coming up. Here. Well, you know, we, ta- we tape this in... We, Seems like they come up around every year, don't they? Yeah, every year in May, right? Yeah. 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 We taped this earlier in the year, um, and uh, it's it's streaming on um, May the 18th, so we just missed Mother's oh. Day by days. So happy belated uh, to the moms out there. What a great song. Just fantastic song. And thank you for the story behind it, too. You know, oh. <clears throat> I got to tell you, just a couple weeks ago, um, my wife and I, Patty, we went out to uh, the local to see you play and around with... Uh, with Anthony Smith, two of my favorite songwriters here in town. It was one of those special nights. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in Nashville. You folks that don't live here, uh, special things happen. You, you, you'll, you'll go to a round and, and you'll hear songs that um, that were big hits uh, by the writers uh, who, who wrote the song. And then every now and then an artist like uh, Lee Bryce will stand up and, <laughs> and come up on stage and sing a song or two. And he joined you for one, didn't he? That was, uh, that was yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lee's a good old boy, and he was in there. I think his wife had him out for his birthday or something. Oh, yeah. And, uh, she drug him out, and uh, 
he was he was he was tearing it up pretty good, wasn't he? <laughs> he really was. Yeah. It was a special night. Yeah. And you were there last night, huh? Playing with Chris Wallen, who's another fantastic writer. How'd that go? Yeah. It was it went good. Uh it was uh it was kinda short and sweet. Just got up there and got got it done and come on back home. I live about an hour and ten minutes from town, you know, so Yeah. You know, I I don't it's hard to get me to go anywhere anymore. I like I told you that night, my back goes out more than I do. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah, that's a two-hour round trip plus. So yeah, 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 yeah. So well, cool, man. Uh, and we're hooking up a Zoom, and which I really appreciate that. I, I really do. You know, after uh, we did our TV show in Cincinnati, we started seeing you on TV a lot. Um, you were on that one uh, songwriting show, and I can't think of the name, but um, you were on. And then the next thing I know, you're doing this and that. Um, and you've had a TV show in the works right now that's about to go on. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, last year, uh, when right about the right before COVID started, we went in to film a sitcom. Rory Feek had uh, approached me about doing a show, and uh, we he said he said something about doing like a Mayberry barbershop kind of thing, and I said I said man, that's been done. I said let's do something a little different, and I I came up with. Uh, a feed store, you know. So cool. the story of the sitcom was going to be that my dad had passed and left me this feed store, and I come home to see if I could, you know, keep it going for him, you know, in his honor. Yeah. And uh, we called it Wind's Feed and Seed and Anything Else You Need. And, I love um, it. <laughs> they built a set in, in the sound stage over here in Columbia, and, and I, you know, every once in a while – uh a musical guest would stop by. We had a little picking going on, and uh, but there was a there was a story too. I, I wrote all the scripts for it, and um, I hope I hope they'll pick it back up. <clears throat> we only got four of them filmed, and you got to have a season before they'll start airing it, you know. Mm. And uh, or that was the plan on this deal, and uh, so anyway, we'll see. It 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 would it's a really uh, funny. Ir- entertaining show i started to say irritating show but it's, <laughs> irritating. it's uh it might be a little that too but, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it sounds like fun to me we got it we got it we got it right in or something who was producing that was that the the rfd network here in nashville is that what you were telling me no yeah yeah, yeah. well it was a uh, red line productions as red it line. was rory's outfit up there and they were doing it for rfd so we need to write them put some pressure on them we gotta we gotta see that show absolutely yeah you know, you mentioned Mayberry, and this is the second time in, in Andy Griffin, and that's still one of my favorite TV shows. If I'm flip, flipping around, and, and I you, I can't pass that. If it's on, i got to watch an episode. And I've seen every episode ten times, and it doesn't matter. It's just great every time. But I remember seeing a video not too long ago. A lot of people don't realize that the theme song in the beginning of that, that he whistles, it has words. Yeah. It's a song. Yeah. And I saw you do a video of that song, right? Is that still out there somewhere? You singing oh, the song? Uh, me and Daryl Worley did a thing. Uh, the song's called "The Fishing Hole." The fishing hole, and um, and I, 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 I'd heard it had words. I didn't know what they were, but uh, uh, the TWRA Tennessee Wildlife uh, people came and they wanted us to do a a, th- a promotion for them, and uh, so me and Daryl went over to one of the TBA lakes over here and. Uh, it looks warm in that video, but it was colder than a well digger's butt that day. Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> but we had to act like it was warm, you know. 
That's and, acting. Because uh, who goes fishing in the wintertime? Yeah. But it was kind of about March, you know, first part of March, and, you know, it's pretty it's unpredictable. Cool. Yeah. And um, and we had, we had a big old time doing that. It looked and, like fun. Uh, so anyway, that was that's what that was. But yeah, it's out there, and and I think you can look it up on YouTube or something. I don't know. I mean, somebody sent it to me one day and said, "Where? What is this?" You know, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this thing we did a while back." It's cool, and I encourage you to check it out. It's fantastic. And that segues right into this next song I want to play. This is a song cut by uh, Trace Atkins, and I heard you do this the other night at uh, The Local. This song still blows me away, and you talk about clever. This is some songwriting here. Another one about fishing, and maybe you can tell us the little <laughs> backstory on this song. Mind on Fishing, it's called. Well, um, there's a there's not a whole lot of story. I was writing with this kid uh, named Aaron Raytier, who was kind of new in town and uh he he uh had this title and uh and i said well i said can we i said the trick's gonna be we gotta write it without making the church people mad you know yeah that's you know gotta be careful and he said do you do you know any church people i said well i'm a church people you know and uh he said oh okay well you ought to know how to do it then i said well yeah it can be done you know i said we just gotta we got to make the guy in the in the song a church person, you know, a God bearing person, and uh, right. So uh, you know, we just lit out writing it, and uh, and I loved it when we wrote it, and and I can't remember how Trace heard it. Somebody played it for Trace, and he was trying to get uh, Blake Shelton to do a duet with him or something on it, and uh, for some reason that never happened, and. Um, so Trace just recorded it and put it out, and he did a great job on it. I he thought. did. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he really did. I mean, he's just got that big old voice, and he sang so much better than me. But I think you got my version, so that's what we're stuck with. So this is your version. So, again, this is the demo, and which I think is always cool to, to hear. So um, let's play it for you right now. Uh, Mind on Fishing, Win Barble. On the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Lord's Day with the sun peeking through the curtains Thought I could wait a line for a couple good hours And still make the ten o'clock sermon But the sky is blue and the breeze is cool And they're biting good not to mention If I left right now I might make it somehow But I doubt I could pay attention I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on God in the middle of his creation In an old John boat with my zip code rod for some private conversation There might be a few people talking bad about me when they see that I am missing But I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on God than in church with my mind on fishing That preacher and I love how it feels When he really gets to throwing down But I tend to do my talking with a man upstairs When there's nobody else around If I was there right now I'd be thinking about Which lure I was gonna cast But he don't need another fool Sitting in that pew Daydreaming about a largemouth bass I'd rather be on the lake With my mind on God in the middle of his 
his creation in an old jumbo with my zip code rock for some private conversation. There might be a few people talking bad about me when they see that I am missing, but I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on God than in church with my mind on fishing. With my thoughts drifting, not even listening. While it all goes right over my head I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on God In the middle of His creation In an old jumbo with my zip code rod For some private conversation There might be a few people talking bad about me When they see that I am missing But I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on in church with my mind on fishing I'd rather be on the lake with my mind on God Than in church with my mind on fishing I always have publishers say, you know, if, if, when you look down uh, the list of songs that uh, that you have, uh, I like to have the songs there that I see the title and I just know I've got to hear that song. And that's one of those. When you hit a line like that, uh, you had to know that you had to write that song that day, right? End of story. There's the idea right there. Let's write it. That's so clever. Yeah. yeah. And well, you say he brought that to you. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. And I was, I was so glad he did because, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that because you can find God in a lot of places. You can. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he's definitely in the church house, you know, I think. But, he, he I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you, you can sense him in the woods, in the, in the lake, I mean, anywhere, you know, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, yep, absolutely. Anyway. Yep. Well, I tell you, it's it's so good to connect with you again. I know it's been a little while, um, but I do appreciate you taking the time um, out of your busy schedule. I know you write a lot um, just to be on the show. And I got another song I want to play in, in, in before we wrap it up. But this one was a hit a while back by uh, Easton Corbin. I always want to call him Corbin Easton for some silly reason. <laughs> but I remember this song. And I, this is another one of those songs that used to play for us before it was even cut. Uh, when you yep. came to Cincinnati, always loved this song. And maybe you can tell us a little bit more about this one. Oh, you know what? Actually, this isn't the song I'm thinking about, is it? No, I'm th- I'm thinking, you know what? Scratch that, folks. The, his- <laughs> the hysteria of live uh, podcasting. No, um, I'm talking about the John Party song <laughs> that I'm going to get, I'm going to leave out with, um, called She Ain't In It. Okay. Um, okay. so I totally confused myself and I apologize, but tell us that story. She Ain't In It was recently cut and a uh, hit for John Party, who's just really as hot as can be right now. Yeah. Uh, John, uh, he did a great job on it too. And, uh, me and we wrote this, me and my buddy Clint Daniels wrote this song for George Strait about five years before John, four or five years before John cut it. And um, in straight, they said he went in and cut it, but he didn't like the way he sounded on it. And uh, so it didn't make the record. Mm. And Brian Wright took it down the hall to uh, John Party's people and played it for them and, and played it for John and Bart Butler. And, he, and, and they loved it. And 
and they put like three fiddles on this record. Oh, yeah. This is a, this is just the basic work tape. What you're going to hear here in a minute is the basic work tape that me and Clint did that day we wrote it, and uh, so it's pretty raw, you know. But uh, Clint's a great singer, and he sang it great too. And um, I remember he had some records out while while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clint was over on Arista mm-hmm. back in the day, and uh, anyway, it's a, it's a sad song, but. But, uh, you know, love gone wrong, and it, it, I tell everybody to bring a tear to a glass eye. But, you know, it's uh, – <laughs> but I've I moved here to write country songs, you know, and, and I love country music in its purest form. And I, I don't I don't begrudge anybody for having any success, having other kinds of, you know I – think, I think country music's always changing and always reinventing itself. But I'm just uh, – I just kind of write – what I write and it's kind of down the middle country, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes those are sad songs, man. It happens, right? Oh yeah. yeah. man. I, sad songs make me happy sometimes. So, <laughs> I mean, especially if you're feeling sad and you got something like that going on with you and you think, I think it's a comfort to know that you're not the only one ever felt like that. Amen, brother. That is so true. That is so true. And I think that's why it attracts so much, uh, so many people. Yeah. So who were your bigger influences when, when you were uh, growing up and, and first getting that guitar and, and writing songs? Who did well, you love I mean, to listen to? I loved Haggard, you know, and I loved uh, all the all the guys. But I mean, Tom T. Hall and Roger Miller and those guys. Uh, Great storytellers. Know, Bobby yeah, Bobby Bear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was uh, you know those kind of, those are the kind of things. that stuff that Shel Silverstein used Silverstein used to write. You know, just uh, it just it just wiped me out. He was know, amazing. Boy yeah. named Sue and the Winter yep. and all that stuff. You know, I mean those songs are just so. You, you know, it's like like you said, it's a, it's like a little movie. You know, and, and I just uh, I don't I don't think all songs have to be story songs, but. Uh, Man, to me, it's like take somebody, take their mind away for three minutes and just, you know. Get your mind off your worries and your troubles and listen, crank up, crank it up. So this is called She Ain't In It. Again, this is the demo version. And this is the work tape version. Work tape. recorded this on an iPhone, I think. Oh, there you go. So that sometimes happens. You work tape, then you demo. And uh, so anyway, let's listen to it. So in its rawest form. So here we go. She Ain't In It became a huge hit. Appreciate your call, it means a lot and all. Yeah, I got a minute. You and me can talk about anything you want, long as she ain't in it. Say it's been at least a month since I had any fun. Yeah, buddy, I'll admit. But I'm in to go now Think I'm ready for a crowd Long as she ain't I don't want to hear her name I don't want to see her face I swear I know it's gonna hurt If I run into her Hit that place down by the interstate 
It's so cool to hear the work tape version of that. That's really yeah. neat. Yeah. And that's your co-writer singing that, right? Yeah. 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 Just We just playing guitars and he sang the fire out of it. Well, you know how it is, Dave, when you first write one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's he's trying to read off a lyric sheet. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's the song's brand new. So, it, right. you know, it, it still has a few bugs to be worked out at that point. But, uh how we cool. added a couple of chords, I think, before we demoed it and yeah. uh, just kind of, you know, put it out there. And then <clears throat> we lost a straight hold, and we thought, well, we're dead in the water. And then mm. John cut it and put it out as, as his uh, fourth single, I think, third or fourth single on that record. And, uh, man, I mean, it was it took some stones to do that, as country as that song is. Yes, you know? but, especially today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good move. It's a good song. Absolutely. Well, again, Wynn Varble has been our guest, hit songwriter on the uh, Songwriter Connection podcast. Wynn, good to uh, spend some time with you. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to be on the show. Wish you continued success. You're, you're a great writer. I know there's many, many more hits uh, coming out of your guitar and out of your head uh, in the future. So, well, uh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Dave, it's always good to see you, man. And uh, when you walked in the local the other day, it just, just made my week. So, uh, <laughs> It was good tell to see them, you, too. Tell all the boys and girls up in Cincinnati, I said, howdy. Will do, brother. Thank you so much. You have a great day, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Join you next week. All right, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Linehan's Nashville Connection radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.